Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Rash's World. Today, we have Andrea Minard uh, on uh, Rash's World. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Arash. I'm honored. Great. Thank you so much for being here. Now, one of the things I do, and it's the toughest question, we just get it off right off the bat, is how would you briefly describe yourself in any way you see fit? What would you say? There's a lot to talk about, but what would you focus on here? Well, you know, maybe it's a perfect time because usually I, it, when we start something and we do a, a welcomer and an introduction, I like to introduce myself in the way I was taught. Perfect. So maybe that'll help answer the question. So, Tanchi Kiawao, hello everyone. Andrea Menard, Dishnika Shon. So these are, I'm a Métis woman from Treaty 1 territory in the homeland of the Métis, who currently resides and lives, works and plays in the unceded traditional territory of the Squamish, the Tsleil-Waututh and the Musqueam people, also known as Vancouver, BC, Canada. So um, I am an actor, I am a singer, I'm a writer, and I am a speaker or messenger. And I like to think of myself as a medicine wheel, as an Indigenous person, I think, in a holistic way of looking at the world. So I'm a medicine wheel, but at the center point of my medicine wheel, I am a facilitator of the rise of the sacred feminine, which was taught to me by my elders. That's wonderful. So I hope that answers. That's, that's very impressive. <laughs> awesome. Um, so we also are going to talk about your book, and uh, it's uh, uh, Seats from the Sacred Feminine Wisdom Cards. So it's, mm. it's a set of cards with beautiful paintings by Métis uh, painter Leah Mary Dorian. That's, that's correct. Yeah. And um, um, it's wonderful. I think you had me by seeds already mm. because uh, I think seeds are very, very important. It's not only here in terms of, of nature and you are talking about connecting to, to nature, to Mother Earth and so on, but also in the sense of our plans, our wishes, our desires. And I think dreams are the seeds and you need to cultivate them and let them grow. And uh, so, yeah, uh, why seeds is my first oh, question. <laughs> I love that you like that word. Um, yeah, that's exactly it. Um, from an Indigenous perspective, we talk about, you know, the womb of life, the womb of creation. And the womb of creation lives within human beings, whether it's inside the womb of a woman or in the heart of all beings. Mm -hmm. Now, when we enter that womb, it's a dark, mysterious place. Mm -hmm. And of course, mystery is sort of a no-no in this Western society. They're like, no, I don't, I want to know everything. I want to know the outcome. I want to know I'm safe. I don't want, I don't like this unknown thing. So unfortunately, this world we live in, this Western culture that has permeated the globe, and it's a masculine, you know, way of, of rejecting the, the feminine, the mystery. The great mystery is, is the unknown. And so by planting seeds in it, that's the only thing, anything that ever gets created comes into the darkness. You know, all seeds that grow a plants on, in the earth, they all start in the dark mystery of the dark earth, the cold mystery, the darkness where it gets time and timing divine timing is when those seeds come oh when the thaw comes when the heat comes when the rain comes when the sun comes there's timing towards those seeds being planted but those seeds are there waiting but that's exactly how all of life exists too 
when we dream the next dream, we start with a seed. We start mm -hmm. with an idea. We start with an impulse, a desire, a, an excitement. But that mysterious uh, womb of creation is where it all begins. And unfortunately, even though society or, or the Western culture at large is a frightened of that mystery, they're actually utilizing it every day. If they knew, if, if they only knew they were planting seeds, um, good or bad, <laughs> you know, mostly bad sometimes, if they knew they were planting seeds within the darkness, um, uh, they might actually have more respect for that feminine, mysterious nature of life, because we're all engaging within it every day anyway. We just may not be planting seeds we want. <laughs> exactly. That's a great point. And for me, mystery, I always think of awe. So I've never seen it as something dark or negative. Mm. Mystery is something because I'm, I'm generally also curious. And so I think that for me, uh, something that I'd love to discover and probably not get the answers, but I'm okay with uncertainty. And I see exactly what you say, though. A lot of uh, people are afraid of uncertainty. And I think in, in many ways we need to embrace it. And there's so much we don't know and probably cannot know. At least uh, it takes a lifetime of searching to to get there. And I think, uh, yes, exactly. And the seeds were one uh, we want to have. It's it's fascinating too. As seeds is, is, the seed is a tiny thing that can grow into like a marvelous tree and how everything is, is connected in that way and how it grows. And in terms of psychology, I love Maslow's self-actualization because the potential that this seed has and the potential that a small good act can have on other people and so on, it's amazing. And so why not? And we say you reap what you sow. So why not plant good seeds from the get-go and try to make them as, as pure and as good as possible? But why, why do we have bad seeds then in that sense? Well, I just want to acknowledge you, by the way, you're sort of touching my heart by saying you, you are not that you feel the mystery is awe. Well, that in itself, it to me is a part of this rise of the sacred feminine that we're in right now, is that for those those ones in male bodies, or those who are expressing as masculine, you know, to embrace the mystery is is revolutionary. It really is. It's a beautiful. So I would like to acknowledge you, you. In, in your because you wouldn't have had me on this show <laughs> if you weren't embracing it. So I want to acknowledge you. Um, I think bad seeds are planted through ignorance and through lack of consciousness. Okay. You know, there's I mean, I think there are definitely some malevolent people with bad, harmful intentions on this planet. Let's let's not kid ourselves. But for the most part, I think a lot of harmful things get created by people being unconscious and unaware of, um, of what they're doing and creating. And if we do not wake up from the system that exists, we are all we've been programmed to exist within this pro within the system and the system is self-perpetuating it's very very sophisticated and it does not need um it doesn't need one big boss to keep it going every human being that agrees to be a part of it and never question how it works are agreeing to be a part of the system which is very very abusive to almost everyone else other than who it was designed for so in this time of the rise of the sacred feminine, we are unraveling those programs that make us obedient to the system. We are opening our voices to a new way of thinking. We're, we're listening 
to indigenous ways of knowing. We're listening to the earth itself, the relatives that embody this, this beautiful earth. We're listening to the feminine. We're listening to people of color. We're listening, or hopefully we're listening, you know, and, and it's about time we do. <laughs> right. There's yeah. a lot of wisdom that's been left out of that system that is trying to awaken people out of this slumber. So if seeds are being planted, racist seeds, violent seeds, uh, unjust seeds, if all of those things are just keep happening and happening, it's because of unconsciousness, because of the lack of awareness of our own power. We have no idea. Human beings are so like walking around feeling so powerless and so victimized and every, and it doesn't matter what color of skin you feel victimized by something on this planet. And when we don't recognize that we are powerful beings, we, and we go around victimizing others when we're, when we play the victim, right? Um, If we woke up to our own power, we would see a very, very different world. And of course, I'm, I, I'm all, the reason I created this deck of cards, the reason I'm, you know, created this sacred feminine learning lodge was to help people learn to walk gently on this planet so that we don't exploit all the gifts that mother earth shares with us as a living being she shares with us and we don't exploit you know the ultimate feminine source which is our mother earth which means we don't exploit women we don't exploit children and we don't exploit all those things that have been you know people who are connected to earth-based cultures all of that has been involved in the exploitation and the brutality against um women and children and earth-based cultures so and that's almost everyone on the planet at some point, you know, maybe it goes back further. But so in many ways, um, waking up from the program is the key to not perpetuating, uh, perpetuating and creating bad seas. Mm-hmm. Oh, long answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and I think we need more empathy. We need more understanding. We need more connection. And so, but these are things that kind of are not often encouraged in society. And I, I feel like again, so Western society, but it's like um, we want a strong person. We look up to a strong leader, but then that that is fake. And that is actually not giving us anything of sustenance that doesn't nourish us. It doesn't nourish the soul. So that I, I think a perfect uh, leader in that sense would combine. I love the yin and yang, finding things again in balance, in harmony, the masculine and the feminine, and then the dots there that show it. It's like all together. But we are mostly driven. We are mostly by the negative side of, uh, of masculinity, as you're saying. And I think we need to find that balance. And what better way of finding the balance than connecting with nature, than connecting with, again, Mother Earth or mm. the spirit, the feminine spirit, sacred feminine spirit, as you're saying. Mm. I think that is that is wonderful, too. We need the infusion of mm. that, I think, to, to, to wake up and find that balance again and live in harmony with ourselves, first of all, inner peace. That's hugely important. And then with others. Absolutely. And, you know, as you said, this world, we're very, very driven. We're very, very action based. And that's all genders. We mm-hmm. are encouraged to because that's the masculine aspect of life is very, very rewarded in this system that exists. You know, in order to act this driven, uh, action based, striving, conquering, competing way, there it's rewarded. So in many ways, we are 
are actually searching for strong leaders who are balanced in their feminine because there's nothing wrong with the masculine drive action that's beautiful yeah. unless it is not tempered by the sacred feminine uh stillness or receptivity or nurturing or listening so if you think of the leaders today especially the ones who who embody more sociopathic tendencies that is a leader if that's the what you mean is that our the leaders that have been revered in the past have had zero empathy zero you know so to me if that's a strong leader i don't consider that a strong leader i call that a sociopathic leader of the old paradigm but the new strong leaders to me what they you know because there's nothing wrong with uh action drive all of those things but when a leader can do those things as well as uh, listen and honor their sacred feminine wisdom. So in many ways, I've heard from elders that the Western culture is a backwards society, because if you think about it, most people do and act and then oops, the consequences come later. Oops. But in a sacred feminine, indigenous way of looking at the world, um, a a a paradigm that a worldview that says the sacred feminine way of being is actually a wiser, gentler way of being on the planet. It does not mean we don't act masculine. That's not the case. But just think of this. If you actually respect and honor the sacred feminine, you would listen. You would sit in a receptive state, you know, with the ideas. Okay, say you want to take action, but then you would sit in a receptive state first. You would listen and receive, maybe talk to the ancestors, open up that channel to the ancestors that have a wiser point of view than we do, and to go, let me, let me know what the next path to take is. And then you are given the next action to take. You don't take the action first and then go, oh, oops, that was a mistake. Oh, that just leveled an entire forest or that, you know, extinguished an entire people you know it's like listening first and then acting how will the i want to build something here okay well let me see how the animals and the plants i'm going to ask them i'm going to pray to them i'm going to put down tobacco i'm going to have ceremony to ask if that and ask permission to come and build here now imagine a world where we were in communication with the beings that live the alive beings and we said is this do i have permission to build here and you might get the answer saying no this here you have to move 100 meters this way he's like why because there's a natural spring here or the ancestors were here or this is here you know what i mean you might get answers you will get answers if we open up that channel we all have the capacity to connect with the higher wisdom that is our ancestors that is our higher self whatever you want to call it our our angels our grandmothers no matter you know um but until we decide that connecting with the sacred feminine is a wise thing to do to live in harmony on this planet we will continue to boulder ahead with blindness and brutality without knowing well what did i do wrong (laughs) you know so um yeah the feminine is a is a tempering aspect of life for sure I think one of the issues is also the division that you see, like us versus them. That could be in terms of nations, that could be my family versus your family, and uh, and race, and so on. 
and and a lot of, this is illusion first of all i mean they would just make it up but um in many ways i i saw an interview with james cameron who who, who has had a very interesting point of view said well the us is really protected and we care about them so that could be again our family we care about our family and want the best for them but what what if we expand that circle and include the nation and what he expanded even further and uh, i had uh, another guest here talk what about including the cosmos and beyond so when when that circle becomes that large then you don't see the other as other and you're like we're all in this together and you see that interconnectedness and i think that happens in in many ways with science too i, I read a book about the difference between a zen monk and a scientist the zen monk looks at the flower and appreciates it and uh, again an indigenous person would do the same whereas the the western scientific mind would take it and would like analyze it and try to figure out what's happening to it and that drive for knowledge, I think, is commendable. I mean, I, I'm fully for it. But at the same time, appreciating the beauty of it and perhaps not killing, killing the it. flower, <laughs> yeah, <you> know, <laughs> yeah. which would be better. Find a better way of, of, of analyzing it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. And so uh, cards are important. So wisdom, feminine, and sacred, feminine, all these words I love and uh, I can relate to. Wisdom, of course, that's something that's what my podcast is about, my yeah. life is about, but also cards. I find that very fascinating. And uh, I just want to give you here just brief impression of my relationship with cards started at age 16, where my French teacher of all people in, in high school, in a German high school, I grew up in Germany, who um, read my tarot cards and I was hooked after that. And I've been, I even brought my own deck and my own uh, book, and I've been reading it for many people. I've uh, done it for myself many times when I need guidance and help and so on. So ever since then, cards have become so important to me. And mm -hmm. I love it that you have 52 cards. So it's the uh, 52 uh, weeks in a, in a year, but also 52, there are 52 playing cards as well, which is fascinating. And how all of this is uh, is connected. Yeah, let's talk about your So your this little deck of cards is not a tarot deck. I just like to, you know, but it's a, what I've heard, heard from people who are tarot card users is that it's a good um, companion. So mm -hmm. this is, it, it could be considered an oracle card deck. So like you were saying, you, you, you take a card, you pick a card and read, read the little message in the, in the booklet. So I wrote a, a book with all the knowledge and all the teachings, but you know, the decks of cards, um, have have sayings you know and this is some of the artwork if you're if people who are listening on the podcast amazing. can't see that i'm showing some photos on the on the video but and they're, they're showing, showing the cards they're yeah, stunning yeah. right yeah. Yeah. but um um people who are new to oracle card decks mm -hmm. or or sort not new to let's just say that it, this is like an an oracle card deck for people who are used to it but it's the first metis version like it's an indigenous deck and it's created with land-based teachings it's very very simple on the on the surface they're very simple teachings where you'd be like huh but if you read and you listen and you look at the artwork there it can land in very deep places if you allow it to so sometimes though the feminine wisdom and mother earth you know connecting to mother earth is very simple which is why it's overlooked which is why mm -hmm. it's not valued because it seems so simple well it's obvious but is it obvious are people actually doing these things to connect so um this is a way by choosing a card a day it's like you're asking for higher guidance and you can read the little message in the deck um 
But for people who have never heard of oracle cards, it's sort of um, a way of listening to the ancestors, a way of listening to that higher guidance that I was talking about. So mm -hmm. say you have a decision you want to make mm -hmm. and, and you're saying, Shall I, let's go back to that same analogy, shall I build here? <laughs> shall I build here? And, and you can ask, going, so please, uh, to the deck of cards, and you ask that question, you know, I want to know if you can please help me with my intuition, whether I can should build here and you might have some an, an answer that comes that moves you in a different direction, you know, go sit by the water. It's like, oh, closer to the water. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so I, yeah, I want to comment on some of them. The ones that I've seen that uh, there's one lie on the ground. I really like that. Can mm. we elaborate a bit about that? So what do you yeah. mean by it? And what does it represent? And yeah, yeah, well, Mother Earth is uh, is the ultimate cell, cell source of wellness mm -hmm. you know she is our source of wellness and of course the lives that we live especially here we are in these little boxes hi on a zoom hi i'm very grateful to these things but we're inside on these technological you know um, devices and so we're not connecting to mother earth and people have heard of you know uh, earthing or grounding well lying with your back on the earth is like spine to spine you're mm -hmm. actually allowing your own body well maybe your belly you know putting your belly or your back on the earth it's like you're actually allowing the grounding the electro the magnetic quality of the earth to actually heal you to actually touch you to heal all of those electro you know electromagnetic waves that come from working inside indoors with everything electronic around us we artificial go and lay on the earth as well. artificial yeah. light yeah. all yeah. those things that we just go lay on the earth it's like she can take that away from us she can remove those agitating jittery energies from us and most people are suffering from lack of sleep from anxiety from all you know all of these things but they don't realize that it could be the environment around them so by connecting with the earth see she is a living being these things around us are are not living they're not made by nature they're made by man which they're made up of of things that come from the earth but the earth herself mm -hmm. has healing properties that if we just opened up those doorways to communicate with her, let her communicate with us. That's the big mm -hmm. deal. You know, we can go, oh, Mother Earth, yes, I'm looking yes. at you. But what about listening to what That's she true. says to us? Mm -hmm. She's the one who told me I would be walking and she'd be like pulling me down. I'd be like, I got to lay. I just got to lay down here. And I'd be like smack face down on my belly on the plant or and i realized this was her way of getting through to me lay down lay down lay down lay down and i would be healed mm -hmm. with a few yeah. minutes few hours however long it's a wise thing to do i'm glad you picked that one yeah yeah i really like that and it also resonates with me because i love nature walks and it's mm. just recently it has changed a lot because before i take a walk because i need to work out something at, at work or problems or issues but now it's a walk because I want to see the ducks. I want to see the leaves. I want to hear the birds. Right? And so, so it's always there, though. And I didn't see it for so many years. And there's like sometimes like regret. You like I wasted time. I missed out on all of this, which is, again, a bit negative. And we need to move on and say, but from now on, I'll take it as a lesson and as a lesson and will pay attention to it. And I think for me, mindfulness, that's it of really being aware of it, of seeing the mating rituals of ducks, which was pretty amazing. And it's it was always there in front of my eyes. But 
I did oh. not see it. So that related so beautiful. To oh, thank you. thank you. But I also like, uh, again, personally, about the wisdom of your feelings. And I think feelings often get a bad rap. And uh, I, I think we have to be very careful with that because uh, feelings are a great, a wonderful source of inspiration, of knowledge, and so on. And it can turn into negative, but that's not so much the feelings, I think. It's it's something else that gets added to the mix, something like that's, uh, that's toxic, if uh, to use that word. And so and I like that card too. Listen to the wisdom of your feelings. And uh, mm. you're also a wellness trainer. So uh, what would you say about that? Oh, I love that you picked that one too. Uh, Arash, you're a wise man. I love that you resonated with that card. Oh my gosh. Wisdom. Feelings that I like to say are wisdom keepers. They're wisdom keepers. And you're right, is that the feminine has got, or the fe feelings have got a bad rap. And in our world, you know, the masculine is logical. And yeah. it's beautiful yeah. that it can, you know, piece things together. Da, da, da. But when we choose and we say it, the, the system says logic is more important and better and feelings are you know yeah. are devalued at the rate and the extent that it is we walk around blind that's true our feelings are wisdom keepers our feelings when we follow them lead us to truth <laughs> but it's like sometimes it's like the feelings come but only on the other side of feelings do we actually get the nugget of wisdom, which means we have to do the work of walking through them. Now, because feelings are difficult, some feelings are, oh, yeah. are terrifying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, we think because we actually believe we're going to die. If we feel this feeling to the end, no, it will actually kill me. If I feel this rage, I will kill someone. If I feel this grief, I will never get out of it. If I feel this depression, this despair, I will die. You know, and those are really intense beliefs around feelings. So I can understand why the masculine went, nope, there's no room for that here. Nope. Love that. But yeah. the truth yeah. is, is that if you watch a baby, a baby has a lot to teach us. Mm -hmm. The only language it can speak is feelings when it comes into this world. And that being is loved. Mm -hmm. And when they feel, they feel a rage with their entire being and like their whole body opens up into rage and squeeze, you know, it's like they breathe rage in and out and then it's over. And they're and so good doing it they too. They cry with their entire body and they cry and then yeah. they cry it out and it's over. Yeah. They laugh with their entire being and they yeah. laugh until it's done. Yeah. And they're clean. <laughs> they're clean because it comes in, it comes out. Now, somewhere along the line we've decided that that's not allowed that's not okay it's we get triggered by everyone else's feelings but if we were a society that allowed feelings to flow through people and we didn't take it personally and we yeah. didn't go you're yeah. doing this to me no exactly. you're actually just having a feeling and it's pretty intense from what how it looks it's pretty intense what you're feeling right now and they're you know? your feelings they're not mine you know that's the feelings. other thing yeah yeah, because on this in this world, it's like you're making me feel this, yeah. and we squeeze it back, right? <laughs> exactly. So uh, the parenting skills were not amazing with feelings because, yeah. as a culture, as a societal culture, you know, feelings have become something we don't speak the language anymore. It's like it's something we've repressed and put aside. And no, 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 you're inconvenient. You're embarrassing. You're weak. No, go over there. So 
if we were to start honoring our own feelings, mm -hmm. then we start honoring others and we don't take it on <laughs> ourselves. We yes. don't, we don't think they're ours. We don't think they're punishing us. We actually right. just recognize somebody in pain because mm -hmm. wounded people, you know, it's a saying that has a lot of merit and goes around and around. Wounded yeah. people wound others, hurt people hurt yeah. others. Yeah. And when we deal with our own hurts and trust me, the wounds that colonization has, has caused from the beginning of colonization, it has usurped entire cultures and spit it out on the other side. And who has dealt with this lineage of pain? Who has dealt with it? And here they are, they bring it to this land and my people, the indigenous people of this land have been traumatized by colonization because the people who were traumatized brought it over here. So at some point, the feelings of trauma, the feelings that get passed down, the feelings that are never dealt with mm -hmm. have to be, you know, it's a time of reckoning. It's a time of actually having to face your own trauma. And maybe mm -hmm. if your parents can't, you got to deal with theirs too. And yeah. it says it stops here. It stops yeah. with me because feelings are the key. Yeah. The, the feeling of rage is sometimes when a boundary has been crossed right but what if you actually just knew because your feelings were so clean you went oh a boundary's been crossed instead of oh, a boundary's been crossed and you create this war of don't cross this boundary instead of saying no that's actually nope i um you crossed a boundary that's not acceptable to me imagine if we were that wise about how we felt and I've heard that what's very interesting, the the animals have like in the animal world, they have to shake. So when they're stressed, they kind of shake and then it gets it out of their system. We don't have anything similar to yeah. that. And we actually are not dealing with those feelings. And I feel like, and I've talked in my podcast too about that, we're like a pressure cooker that it's like, you know, we have all these feelings that we're not dealing with, feelings of depression, anxiety, and so on. And it keeps building and building. And then it bursts out in an act of violence or uh, in my case, uh, experiencing panic attacks where you go, wait a minute. I think my body is trying to communicate something with me that I've been wrong and I need to take things different. I need to process those feelings. Oh. And I think with when we look at trauma, that's hugely important and not feeling stuck in that. Facing it is actually is healing, is liberating. But so I see people who kind of close off. And again, those are the wounded ones who hurt others and they are continuing with with the, the hurt. And yeah. we need to and talk with that and have those uncomfortable discussions with ourselves and with others. I think that's hugely important. And we are getting better, though, in many ways. I think there is a push towards that. So I'm, I'm, I'm rather optimistic, but I'm also hopeful. And I think there are signs of it. Of course, there's never enough, but we have to keep trying, keep trying. You know, I think that's important. Yeah, when you say that we're pressure cookers, and it comes out as, you know, as violence or but yeah. it also lodges in our organs. It yeah. lodges, it causes actual disease Various in our diseases, bodies. You know, so yeah. if that rage goes into our liver, you know, or our grief goes into our lungs or our heart, you know, those those have long-term effects. So imagine that a feeling just wants to travel through us. That's it. It just mm -hmm. wants to travel. It's it's not it's not a sedentary species, <laughs> a feeling. It's meant to travel. And we have to stop judging it too, the good and bad, or this is a good thing, this is a bad thing. They're just feelings and they're there for, for a reason, just to use another word there, but they're there for a reason and that's why they exist. And once we open up to them, we're going to be fine. 
it's the, the feeling doesn't do anything. It's like what we make out of it that creates the violence and the actions. But a feeling of violence is you feel it and, and get it out of your system without acting yeah. upon it. I think that's. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and and oh, I'm sorry, I may have forgot what I was going to say, but um, we as a culture have so much rage and so much stuff right that what if we actually knew that that feelings were finite mm -hmm. what if we knew it was finite because at the point it just feels like it, it it's going to take over my world mm -hmm. but actually no it just travels through it just wants to mm -hmm. it, it wants to end it wants to be in and out it's a messenger of wisdom so yeah that's a that's one of the cards thank you for choosing that one and I like to uh, here wrap up with the, the final card, and I think that is wonderful too, saying a prayer of thanks and gratitude. And I think we often uh, omit that and we often get kind of bogged down in negativity or the bad stuff, which does happen. I'm not saying, I'm not minimizing it, but why not shift that towards like, I appreciate what I have, whatever it is, whatever little it is and so on. And I think I like that. So let's talk about the saying prayer, mm. a prayer of thanks. I love that very much. Well, I love it for several reasons because, you know, first of all, there's the word prayer in it. Mm -hmm. There's a word prayer. It's like a, a prayer of thanks, you know, and that that to me is that you're moving into a sacred way of being. It doesn't matter how you pray. It's none of my business, you mm -hmm. know, but to say a prayer means you have moved into a, a sacred way of being, a receptive mode, because mm -hmm. a prayer can be very, very receptive if you are allowing instead of if you're doing you know there might be prayers that do 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 but um in this way is that you're actually allowing the feeling of gratitude to overcome you mm -hmm. and and gratitude what you focus on grows so when you focus on things that you are grateful for you when you thank you for the beauty all around me and just watch the beauty unfold just like as you said you know the ducks yeah. uh, they were there all along and i didn't see them i missed it right yeah. well yeah. it's because you're choosing to focus on the beauty of the mm -hmm. natural world around you mm -hmm. and look at the nourishment that it provides you See, that's the part we don't get, right? Is that I have to do all these things that make me happy, right? <laughs> With <No>. a curmudgeonly, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, stamping of your feet. But the the truth is, is that when we do allow, allow, receive gratitude, allow gratitude to uh, touch our hearts, we are given back. It's like gratitude gives back tenfold. Beauty gives back tenfold. Um, love gives back a thousandfold, right? It it and there's always no limit nurtures. To it. No, people also think it's like, oh, if I give away love, then I lost it. No, it comes back to you again, like a hundredfold, yeah. as you say. Yeah, give it away, give it away. Yeah. Yeah. But but you know, gratitude is is if 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 human species is or the the Western culture is is indoctrinated to do something. Well, then do something with gratitude. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Say a prayer of thanks. Yeah. Open up, you know, a, a channel of, of doing things that bring about gratitude. Mm -hmm. So there's a way of tricking your mind of saying, no, no, I have to do something. Okay, well, then make a list of things you're <laughs> grateful for. Mm -hmm. But saying a prayer of, of thanks is, is a very receptive way of being. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a feminine way of saying, ah. <sighs> 
Oh, thank you, Mother Earth, for your beauty. Thank you so much for surrounding me with all the beautiful colors and sounds and smells of this beautiful earth. You know, that's a receptive way of being. Yeah. And a certain humility, too, that goes with it because you are embracing something that is more more powerful than you are instead of like always trying to control everything. I think that kind yeah. of limited worldview. Uh, thank yeah. you so much. Uh, gratitude towards you. Thank you so much for being here, Andrea <laughs> Menard. So I want to remind everyone your book and uh, a deck of cards is Seeds from the Sacred Feminine Wisdom Cards. Um, it's uh, accompanied by um, uh, paintings by Métis pen painter Leah Maria Dorian. And uh, you yourself are an actress, a playwright, a jazz singer. Um, you are uh, uh, the founder of the Sacred uh, Feminine Learning Lodge, um, as well as a uh, real diva. <laughs> <laughs> just like to put that in oh there. My. That goes way back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much yeah. for being on the Bash as well. Such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for having me, my brother. It was a beautiful conversation. Thank and you. people can find me if they're looking at andreamenard.com. Okay. And the cards are andreamenard.com slash or forward slash cards. Easy. Wonderful. Thanks so much. <laughs>